0: On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT.
1: Good Wednesday. Uh, Welcome in. we got a great side question today. Some guests stopping by. I think at 1.15 we're going to have the new Republican commissioner in Montgomery County coming on. Uh, I like uh, what he has said to the Philadelphia Inquirer. I lead with that today because I know a number one issue with our listeners, we go back and forth with this, is so-called election integrity. All right? And my mission is to say you both have to be on the offense and the defense. We know about the offense. Laura Trump on this show talked about it. The defense, though, every time one of these people pops up, like this guy in uh, Montgomery County, the new Democrat commissioner making waves, Commissioner Neil Mahajia, uh, he made waves when he was a candidate. I think he's the first person from South Asia, something of, of that genre who has been a commissioner, he was invited to the White House. Why? This guy is breeding distrust, in my view, in the view of the Republican commissioner, into the system. All right, so it's bad enough we have Act 77. That's a playing field due to dopes like Doug Mastriano and the other Republicans. The mail-in ballot thing, early voting of a sort. Uh, You know, no reason for an absentee ballot. But we got to win with that. And the other side, constantly, I mean, I'm seeing, and I have a lot of friends at Fox 29, they're under fire. They got Fetterman and Casey and Senator Williams from West Philly all to speak up with them. They're in license renewal. What did Fox 29 do? They're affiliated with the Fox broadcast, Fox um, uh, News. And as a result of that, they've been uh, charged with, Uh, playing fraudulent uh, election integrity uh, stuff because they're Fox. They have to deal with this burden. So the other side is willing to go out of their way to pound away, pound away. And yet in Montgomery County, you have a guy who will not relent and breeds distrust into the system. I hope a call in today. We're not going to deign to go and book him. No, we're not wasting our resources on that he doesn't like what I'm saying, he can call in. You can call Henry and Jim. We're not giving him the hotline, 855-839-1210. Beginning of the show, the line's open. Here's how he's breeding distrust. And I agree with the, uh, the commissioner over there. He wants the county to be a national example, says the Enquirer, on how to making voting more accessible. He met with uh, Kamala Harris. At a Voting Rights Roundtable, who is stopping anyone from voting in America now? Give me a break. As the chair of the Montgomery County Election Board, oh, man, that's a problem. He's into first mobile ballot curing. Now, he doesn't like the facts. And look, Liz uh, uh, preet Havey is one of my great friends, was the chair out there in Montgomery County. If you screw up. On the mail-in ballot, my stance is you screwed up. That's it. You don't want to vote in person. You'd rather do this. You screw up. You screw up. Other people have to play in and get there on election day. All right. But there is a system that's legal to curate the ballot. You screwed up in a date, the so-called naked ballot. It's not in the envelope. All those things. Yeah, naked ballot. The naked ballot. Every time we say, uh uh-oh. Porn in Montgomery County. All right. So you're told to show up at the election at various offices and you can curate your ballot. Now, you screwed up. If you want your ballot to count, Dom's position is you got to go there and do something now because you screwed up. It's called a second chance. Oh, no, not with this guy, not with this commissioner. Uh, He's mad because even though there were about 2,000 plus of these ballots, only 10% of them were actually cured, meaning fixed, so they would count. And the idea of a county sitting on votes that could be counted with simple fixes disturbs him, so he wants to make it even easier for voters to cure their ballots. The commissioner wants to create, we need a name for this, that's always a good way to get it going. And poke fun at this is a great way to demean it. That's exactly what I want to do. And I'm hoping the Republicans will go to court against some of this stuff. Offense, Scott Presler, defense, every time they come up with something like this, let's make them prove it's within the rules. He wants a mobile curing process that involves county employees going directly to voters' homes and assisting them. That would bring the curing process directly to voters instead of requiring them to drive to the county's voter services offices in Norristown. Can you imagine this guy? And they're going to help you. They're going to sit right there at the dining room table and do it. He thinks that's America. The Republican commissioners on the show at 115 says, you know, when is there something that's on the voter here? When there is a certain amount of effort on the part of the voter. That's Tom DeBello. He'll be here later. He said government resources would be better used addressing other issues instead of driving around the county trying to get someone to correct the ballot they should have done correctly in the first place. But there's more. It's not just the mobile uh, uh, operation of curing the ballot. He wants to offer voting materials in more languages than required. Now, you know, my stance on this, (laughs) there's no way that we're doing anything but English. And that's it. That is it. No other language. I don't know why you're voting. You're here. If you can't make this out, you shouldn't be voting. Now, we've been through this with Spanish. Federal law mandates that counties provide voting materials in languages other than English. If 10,000 or more of voting age citizens are members of a language minority. Philadelphia provides voting materials in Spanish and Chinese, but Montgomery County does not meet the threshold for the requirement. Yet, our buddy Neil still wants to do this. Now, that's more taxpayer money. That's more effort. You know, with a mobile van, when it shows up, um, will they have a team of bilingual people? Will there be the bilingual van in addition to the ordinary van? DeBello says, the Republican, there are already enough opportunities to register to vote. At what point do people take responsibility for utilizing all the materials and all the stuff that's out there? He has uh, floated the idea <laughs> of expanding the county's satellite operations. They already have four satellite offices in Pottstown, Lansdale, Lower Marion, and Willow Grove. He wants to expand that. He wants to offer more locations on more days. Now, the thing that jumped out at me, Mr. DeBello, said it right. We are trying here. I'm trying, and a lot of reasonable trot people are trying to do everything we can both to win and at the same time restore some sense that this whole operation is not just out of control with Democrat shenanigans, all right? We know about a number of things that they've done. I'm not one of the voting machine guys saying wild stuff. We know what happened in 2020. We know what we have to do on offense, mail-in balloting, early voting, all that. And on defense, we need the Republicans, the Republican Party in Montgomery County, What they need to do, I'm going to ask Tom Tabella about this, rather than just talk about waste of taxpayer money, I think you've got to take this guy to court at least and at least get an attempt to rein some of this stuff in. This is out of control. Now, we have to match within legal means their energy. We've already told you out in Bucks County, just in a simple state rep race, remember that? The other side was giving free manicures, pedicures, vaping, and they were auctioning off a couch, a fancy couch, if you would show up and register to vote and then get your mail-in ballot. So we got to match this. We can't just complain about it and lose. It's about winning. And a way to do that, you know that in any sport, any contest, it's about offense and it's about defense. Defense would be pushing back on this. So let's see if old Neil calls in. And the question I'm going to ask is not so much just all the particulars I gave you of this. But we don't want to be lectured to about shut up, about election interference and all that. And I I don't want to revisit 2020. We're here now in 2024. The goal is to win. And the goal is to win the offense we talk about. And then the defense, both are necessary to win. Rather than just hollering about it, that's the type of thing we're trying to inspire. All right, one more thing, Um, talking about winning, and, uh, well, I'll get to Phil Murphy in a moment. This guy yesterday, the uh, Prince of Hair, the King of Hair, Making jokes about dead whales. We'll, we'll play that a little bit later. I want to play you the mayor, I guess, of Athens. Yeah, Athens, Georgia, and this is where a young woman was killed just jogging. Lake and Riley. I uh, saw Nick's um, because he reposted something I put up for our side question today. I saw his uh, big take or part of it today about sports media, what they did with. Um, George Floyd and yet something like this ESPN and the others there's no mention or oh, we're here just to do sports now during George Floyd you were there to do a whole lot more than sports finally abc news reported some of this last night but it was like their tenth story here's the mayor rubbing salt into the wound of Athens Georgia with this old saw many times said by the other side You know what? Immigrants are more law-abiding, illegal immigrants, than Americans. Well, no, they're not, because we know about one law they already broke and continue to break every day. We know about identity theft. We know about drunk driving. And we know about this killing in Athens, Georgia. Listen to the mayor, rather than giving comfort, though, of the sanctuary city where the University of Georgia is. Listen to his take.
2: In the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime. The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion in recent months, I do want to say a few words about this. It's my 18th year as a local government policymaker, and my work has overlapped with four U.S. presidencies, in numerous iterations of Congress, all of them have failed to reach agreement on how to handle immigration.
1: all right, so um both uh, here again, giving the excuse why they have to have sanctuary cities. we need comprehensive reform. Now you need to follow the law. You can't just go making laws or coming up with other laws because you don't like the fact in your view that Congress has enacted, and also. How about saying something about this didn't have to happen? We have enough criminals of our own that we're trying to deal with. Why have more that continuously was committing crime, he and his brother allegedly, and got away with it? You know, my theory, you get away with enough. Well, then you're going to commit something even worse. And that guy is the mayor of the city where she's killed. Well, you know, Congress is not acting you mean they're not acting in the way that you want to flood us with more people that are here illegally and call them legal. So you, because you don't like that, you say we're not going to enforce the laws. That's what a sanctuary city says. We are not going to go do anything if you're here illegally. That is the definition of it. All right, What do you think of this Montgomery County situation? It's constant to breed distrust, and then to lecture conservatives about why are you distrustful of what's going to go on in this election cycle. I take it as a challenge. They're getting it done. They have guys like this out there using government resources to go all out to do anything, at least on the surface. It appears to be, it might be legal. I would challenge it, though. Can he be using these county mobile vans? Can he be doing all that? Is there any law? Is there any regulation? Is there anything against it? Make him sweat it out. Don't let him sit there cooking up more schemes. Well what it does, it reinforces the idea. It's not enough to have mail-in ballots. We're going to go there and make sure you do it right. And how would I know if he's going to Republicans that have to cure their ballots? How would I know that? How would I be able to keep score? Are we going to have a neutral observer? Do I get to ride along? And what about the interchange with the voter? Is there a certain way you have to say something? Do you have to read a script? I'd want to know. That might be the law, that you can only say this and you can't say that. Challenge. All right. Side question today. With all this talk about the VP choice for President Trump, Today, we'd like to know your all-time second-in-command, real or fictional, or if you prefer another way of putting it, a sidekick. You know, sidekick's a little bit different than second-in-command. Batman Robin, of course, will take off the board. But I want to take uh, Spock off the board, an all-time great uh, number two with Captain Kirk in his own inimitable way. Uh, How about yours, Henry?
3: Yeah, you know, I always lean sports on the uh, the side questions sure. here. So uh, immediately what came to mind has to be uh, Scottie Pippen. Yeah, Michael
1: people Jordan. said that. Yeah. Um, I don't know Scotty Scottie Pippen, I told Dan this yesterday, he was a good enough offensive player. Mm-hmm. But given the totality of it with Jordan, I don't remember two that have, I think he scored 20,000 points. So, yeah. Right. I don't remember two on one team, particularly, essentially in the backcourt, sort of, perimeter players on one team that you had like that and he definitely was he had a sublimate to Michael Jordan i mean how could you get kobe bryant and uh michael jordan kobe bryant i'd rather have in the last two minutes just an editors note. oh wow oh yeah over michael jordan without a doubt he's a killer without a doubt yeah without a doubt oh, over Michael's michael was a killer too not like kobe, not like kobe last two minutes right, over man. the whole game yeah, pro- yeah michael jordan but if you want somebody that just in those last minutes, mm-hmm. he's even more ferocious. I'd love to see a one-on-one. They're pretty similar in just about everything. I, one-on-one, I bet on Kobe. That's how wow. much Michael Jordan's better for an overall team. But uh, it's not a, you know, Kobe Bryant, I'm going to shoot the ball, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But Scotty Pippen's a great one. Absolutely. 855 839 That's how you get in. Hit us at the end of your call. And Montgomery County, when you hear something like that, does it make you think you could think two ways? The way that I think is we got a lot of tightening up to do rather than throwing our hands up. And then after the election's over, screaming about we were cheated. It's about making them go through the paces on every one of these schemes they come up with. This all may be legal, but I want it hashed out. There's got to be a lawsuit. You can always file a lawsuit. You got lawyers over there, Republicans, file something here. We got the guy on challenging this at one fifteen. Your calls are next on Talk Radio 1210. It is Dom time. Welcome in, everyone. 855-839-1210 is how you get in. AT&T and Verizon Wireless just push pound 1210. In a moment, we'll uh, break down what happened in Michigan yesterday. And I'll tell you, there's a pretty good theory out there. It's got a lot of dot connecting to it. One of the major reasons Nikki Haley is staying in the race, I think even after Super Tuesday, is the convention. And I'll explain. There's an arcane rule there that will allow her. It'll be disruptive. Here we go. Now, she's got to win five states. She has to win, actually win those five states. And I know that seems like, uh, you know, that's a tall tale. Well, there are states uh, like Utah. They don't like Trump. Uh, Minnesota, there's a few others. I'll break it down at some point, and that's the game, and then to have power and disruption at the convention. My God. Politically, there's got to be an unbelievable price for this. There really should be. But here is uh, Phil Murphy going off script yesterday. The hair looked unbelievable. Miss Kim must have been there in the audience prepping the rug right before that or the extension or whatever the king of hair had on. Joking about whales, the whales, dead whales yesterday. You know what? With me, maybe it's a personality fault. Stuff like this is always personal. It's not just business. It's just not policy. It's personal. We got to beat this guy. We got to beat this guy. We got to beat his wife. Every day of the week, beat him. And this is a big one. He thinks he's still, after losing billions of dollars, causing untold harm, We've rallied people to a certain point. We just need a few more percentage points. How much do you need in Jersey before you're afraid that people don't want you doing this? Well, the king himself, at his budget uh, hearing yesterday, in which he said New Jersey was going to become the best place in the country to raise a family.
4: New Jersey. Here's what he said. I'm not getting any more complaints. There must be no whales 40 miles offshore. That funny? Just making sure you're paying attention out there because I am. <clears throat> and once these wind turbines are complete, they will generate just you, you getting this now? Do you all get it? They will generate enough energy. There's no whales forty miles out. There are tons of them twelve miles out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they I will know. generate enough energy to power nearly two million homes. All right. Right.
1: You know, once in a while, the veneer cracks, they got everything going for them. The whole system's wired. They're the most corrupt place in the world. Well, Dom, you're in Philadelphia. All right. It's a tie. And yet they don't like it. They don't like it that we've beaten the hell out of them so far. And we're going to do it again. Oh, now you're getting it. Now you're getting my funny about I don't I don't know what it, it means. The turbines are farther out. I guess there's no whales out there. No dead whales. Can you imagine, after all this, is this the last thing you want to be dancing around about? That you don't get it. That even though you're in a state that has just lost its mind and will vote for Democrat after Democrat for eternity. You're the murmuring in that crowd. And this is a mob of these uh, politicos in New Jersey who are the Democrats operatives and progressives. The murmuring there. Let's play that again one more time, Jim, so that maybe now our listeners hearing the great man, they'll
4: understand uh, what Murphy's talking about. I'm not getting any more complaints. There must be no whales 40 miles offshore. (laughs) Just making sure you're paying attention out there because I am. And once these wind turbines are complete, They will generate, just a you get this now? Do you all get it? They will generate enough energy. There's no whales 40 miles out. There are tons of them 12 miles out. It's unbelievable. (laughs) They will generate enough energy to power nearly 2 million homes. All right.
1: You know, you can say, what are we doing? You know, they're in control in Jersey. Biden's still president. You're going to roll over and die to these people? How cruel. How miserable. Of a human being. This is his ad lib. This is when the true when they moved away from the script. And even these people, all they could do is be murmuring. Well, well I had forty miles, twelve miles. Oh, 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 oh! One sign goes yeah. on.
3: You know it's a bad joke when he has to like stop in his speech and yes. like, re-explain. Like no, then he goes is, back again. This is why yes. it's funny. And then it's, like clear his throat, like <clears> throat> yeah. Anyway, right?
1: And then he's because I certainly am. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, kudos to the listener who snagged that. That's where I saw it on Twitter because it's pretty hard to, you know, go through a drone fest of two hours of this guy to find something like that. But this is the attitude. This is still the attitude. You're a knuckle dragger. It's, it's science. We're not killing whales. We're just saving the environment. How does a guy like that get elected? It's Jersey. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of insight. That's all that it is. But the wife may not get elected. All right, let's go to um, Al in Huntington Valley. And Al is in on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Al. Afternoon.
2: Hey, good afternoon. Uh, it's funny you say that because my daughter is just down my place down the shore, and she actually photographed a dead dolphin at the 16th Creek Beach.
1: Where we, uh, in, uh, in uh, Ocean wow. City? No, 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 North Wildwood. Oh, North Wildwood. Oh, I didn't even know yeah. there was a beach at 16th Street uh, due to the sand erosion. But, yeah, that was unreported here, Al. You know, it happened so much, uh, you're right, that we don't even pay attention to it. Yeah, it's a shame. So thank you, Al. Thanks, thanks very uh, much. You're welcome. Uh, you know, there's, it's just political with these guys. They don't care about the whales. Well, you obviously don't, you clown we you're not even a clown. You couldn't even make them laugh. Let's play it again one more time. I'm going to move for a hat trick on this. Let's, let's hear it. Maybe the third time we'll fully get the uh, delivery. This is Johnny
4: Carson's delivery. It, it's just epic. Go ahead, Jim. I'm not getting any more complaints. There must be no whales 40 miles offshore. <laughs> just making sure you're paying attention out there because I am. <clears throat> And once these wind turbines are complete, they will generate. Just you, you get this now? Do you all get it? They will generate enough energy. There's no whales forty miles out. There are tons of them twelve miles out. It's unbelievable. They will generate enough energy to power nearly two million homes. I wonder how many
1: writers worked over that. It was a bit of an ad lib, but it looked like it was also scripted in there. Maybe Joe Biden will tell it, tell it better.
0: Can you imagine if Chris Christie had said that? Oh, yeah, It'd be right.
5: all over the place. Oh, my I mean, God. He has no compassion yes, for anybody. Exactly. He's this. He's that. But this guy says it in dead silence.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's what it's like being in Jersey. But the bottom line is by every instinct that we see. Uh-oh. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Time out here. Where's that news sounder? So you got to have a news sounder. I can't say another word. Dan seems to have one that's a computer chip in his head there, Jim. Do we have any kind of news sounder?
3: Dun, 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 All right. keep well. <laughs> that handy for dun, 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 the dun, dun, next few shows. Dudes, All right.
1: Well, the AP reporting that Mitch McConnell will step down as the Senate GOP leader. All right. Now, this is a uh, big, big moment here. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's health reasons or just uh, that we're going to get rid of them. Watch for John Thune, Mitch McConnell Jr., to take over potentially, but that means that um, there will be an election to determine who the new uh, leader is. Now, this is the AP reporting. He will step, oh, it's in November. Oh, the agony. He wants to sink Trump, and then he's going to resign. Resigning in November. That's The second part, it was like, oh, my God. I thought it was now, in November. Oh, God. Yeah, after he has done such a good job getting rhino after rhino to defeat. Yeah, who would be the new person? Well, I like Rand Paul the best, but I'm not sure what all those rhinos might do. 855-839-1210. All right, coming up, one of our favorites. We're going to talk with the superintendent of schools in Oklahoma, uh, Ryan Walters. Because uh, Oklahoma is experiencing, in the schools, a lot of problems with illegal immigration coming to Oklahoma. Because we're counting down until tomorrow, at the border, the duel that goes on. Don Giordano, show big issues, big guests. Of course, uh, we're waiting to see tomorrow the dueling uh, presidents at the border. But a guy who makes national news routinely, and we've had on the education show a good number of times, is the superintendent of schools in Oklahoma, Ryan Walters. Couple things—he's um, got a lot to say about illegal immigration, how it affects schools. Uh, you know, Oklahoma—you would think would not be one of the states uh, affected quite as much, but it's affecting almost every state. And he's also involved in this national debate around gender fluid or transgendered students. Uh, he joins us here in Philadelphia on Talk Radio 1210. Superintendent, welcome back to town. Thanks for joining us.
6: Hey,
7: I always appreciate being on. I appreciate the work you're doing. So thanks for having me on.
1: I wanted to first, before we talk about illegal migrants uh, in schools, the kids, um, talk about this other story where there sadly was the suicide of a student, I think in Tulsa. And I wanted to tell you uh, there was a vigil all the way here last night in some many local communities. And, of course, rather than the sadness of this, the spin is toward policies in general, but you particularly. And I know uh, from previous conversations how fair minded you are on these things. So it's got to be difficult when you have a suicide and they point to you right you
7: know i mean first of all you know it, it's a tragedy when a young person loses their life and you know and we said from you know very very when i first heard the news of it you know, we've been praying for the family for the community for the school it's just absolutely terrible um, when a student loses their life so it, it is heartbreaking you know then the, the other part of this though is you have these radical left-wing groups that are so nasty and despicable They lie about the death. They claim that um, this young student was beaten to death in the school, that's not true. Um, They make all these other claims and accusations about the death that aren't true. They then target me, um, the state of Oklahoma, conservatives nationwide and say that we killed her. It's absolutely outrageous. Um, They are trying to bully and silence conservatives. I will never back down to a woke mob. We will not back down on our common sense positions here in the state of Oklahoma. And we will continue to fight for the safety of every child. I want every child to be safe. I want every child—they're all created in God's own image. I want every child to have opportunities of success. Um, We will not sacrifice common sense because a woke mob is going to lie and use a student's death to try to get their way in politics. It's despicable, and we're not going to—we're not going to stand for it.
1: Well, thanks for addressing that. And as I said, you know, I can understand if it were in Oklahoma—not the rhetoric, but at least there, but. The farther away, as you know, being in the public eye, the farther away it gets, the worse the stories get because there's nobody to check them. Now, let's talk about the uh, in Oklahoma. Do you have a sense of how many students might have come here, particularly with the recent illegal migration?
7: Great question. I'm working on that right now, but I do have some anecdotal numbers, I think, that are helpful for this conversation. We have seen over 80 new students a week in our largest school district Tulsa Public Schools, the majority are coming across the border. We have had our second biggest school district, Oklahoma City, that is claimed to have nearly 30 new students a day Wow! with the majority being students across the border. So we are seeing a huge influx. We're trying to get our hands around the number across the state. I've also had some rural communities that have talked about their population of their school district enrollment size has, has nearly doubled in the past two or three years, which is a, an incredible rate. Just, just crazy to see that, that most of them are illegal.
1: So and, we are seeing a huge, yeah. Yeah, no disrespect to Tulsa, and I've been to Oklahoma City, had a friend there. They're fine places, but, you know, I'm even thinking what the numbers you gave, even in a place like Philadelphia, uh, they would have trouble dealing with that effectively there. It has to be overwhelming. And I'm assuming they're not English speakers, by and large, or it would be halting. So you have to call into play all of that when the kid is in school.
7: That's right. They they don't speak English, so you're trying to get resources and personnel there to help them. Then remember, because this is happening in real time, we're we're having this escalation of all right. Well, you know, we can't hardly hire staff in the middle of the year. So how? We, and, and remember, these are all non taxpayers. So as they move in, it's not you're not bringing in kind of more taxpayers here. So it, it, it is an incredible burden on the schools. And the other thing I've been emphasizing too is fentanyl. Are you ready for this statistic? back in 2019 we had 50 fentanyl deaths in the state of oklahoma 50. in 2022 we had over 600 went from 50 to over 600 we are seeing it in our schools we are seeing students that take fentanyl across the country drop dead instantly i mean this is a dangerous dangerous drug that's being let in across the border it is impacting our schools by overwhelming, overwhelming them with illegal immigrants and we are literally killing kids and citizens with the fentanyl that's pouring
1: across the border. Uh, talking to Oklahoma Superintendent of Schools Ryan Walters now, uh, the uh, I'm not sure if he's a junior senator or senior senator from your state, Langford. I guess they, they would say to you, uh, to me anyhow, because I object to that plan, I wouldn't sign off on it, that would have cut down on fentanyl, solved your problem with uh, kids being illegally in schools. Were you a supporter of that, at least as we saw it come out of the Senate?
7: No, I wasn't. I mean, I don't think we need to be compromising with Biden on this right here. The reality is, is we know he can shut down the border. We saw it with President Trump. He can do those same things and shut down the border. But the reality is he doesn't want to. He is looking for political cover wherever he can. And he understands that I want this border open because these are Democrat voters. I want them pouring across the border. I want to overwhelm Texas and Arizona and all these border states so we can flip them in future elections. Joe Biden has opened the border intentionally. Republicans need to just demand the border be shut down. There should be no compromise on this issue. We have to get the border closed. Mayorkas should be impeached or removed from office. We should be going down through all of Biden's secretaries and and removing them until we can get him beat in this election in November.
1: Exactly. Um, Are there sanctuary cities, I'm just asking, in a place like Oklahoma? I was surprised maybe you weren't. That Athens, Georgia, the rough and tough Georgia Bulldogs, that that was a sanctuary city where you see this young student killed. Would a Tulsa, Oklahoma City? Are they sanctuary cities? Are there any in Oklahoma that you know of?
7: So we're looking at that. You know, right now, the Tulsa mayor has made comments around immigration in Tulsa that have caught our eye to say, OK, what are we talking about here? Well, what exactly are you trying to do? Um, with opening up more to immigration. So we're right now trying to ensure that we're not having a a city like Tulsa moving towards being a sanctuary city. So that's something we've been digging into and working with um, our state officials to go, guys, Like we don't need to be anywhere in that direction. So I don't care if it's technically called a sanctuary city or whatever you call it, when you're doing this open invitation to immigration as we have immigrants pouring across the border, what we're seeing is, of course, these immigrants are, are moving to the places that they think that they're not going to be um, you know, legally given back over. And so we have got to stop that, and it's happening in all 50 states.
1: I haven't spoken with you since I think it was recently. There was an article about you in the New York Times. Now, we know you a little bit better, but other than the shots that were in there, it's got to be kind of flattering that the New York Times sort of takes aim at you.
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, the New York Times, you know, uh, to your point, I mean, they're going to push their left-wing agenda. Frankly, to me, it shows I'm over the target, right? All these groups, all these left-wing, radicalized, woke institutions target me nationally. Uh, You know, in Oklahoma, we, we understand exactly what that means. That means I'm over the target. I'm making a difference. We are impacting not only Oklahoma, but the country by showing the roadmap here. The reality is, as I travel around the state, I'm getting more and more support because conservatives are going, thank you. This is common sense. Let's go win these fights. We've got to have more Republicans that stand up. The left can say what they want. They are radicalized. They're way out of step with American values. Go fight the fight. Lay the path forward. Our ideals are successful and make for a better society. We understand we've got to support families, common sense. We understand we've got to support our faith. These are things that lead to good solutions. Never back down to a woke mob. Never back down to the radical left. Americans are so tired of it. So absolutely, I, I, you know, I think it was a badge of honor that the furthest left groups in the country hate me. That, that's the totally <laughs> program the right
1: thing. Well, I'm so glad you're in the field that I started out in education right now as commissioner, but I have a sense we're going to hear from you in other endeavors down the road, and we'll be very supportive.
7: Well, I so appreciate you. I appreciate your voice. I appreciate you fighting for common sense. And I'm honored to be on the show. I appreciate your time very much.
1: Thank you, uh, Superintendent Ryan Walters here on Talk Radio 1210. If you missed some of that, it'll be up on the our podcast, Reading, Writing, and Reason, uh, this weekend. I think it's on Saturday. All right, you heard what he said there. That's a bird's-eye view of some of the biggest issues. This guy's in the center uh, ring there. And, uh, yeah, we don't want what Langford did. You heard some of those numbers, too, from 15 to 600. Well, you should sign the bill, then. We'll stop all this fentanyl. No, no, you're not going to do that. It's not about that. This is just to get over the election hurdle. All right, Mitch McConnell uh, stepping down as a GOP leader. I don't know, Henry. Just give a cursory look if we can look in our archives. I had an interview with McConnell. The only time I've ever gotten him. Very hard to get on. He had a book. So Bill O'Reilly was on... Was he on before or after McConnell? It was back-to-back. And uh, I think McConnell was on first. So I told O'Reilly that um, McConnell called him a clown, in essence. (laughs) And he had me on that night. I I could just hear it through O'Reilly. Oh, man, what I wouldn't do to have five minutes, Tom? Tag me in. I'll pretend to be you interviewing Mitch McConnell. His last term as GOP Senate leader, stepping down in November. Now, you know, he's ill, too. I get that. But I think this is another signal of the change in the Republican Party. Yet, they still have these rhinos in the Senate that you still have to get past. I mean, the Senate Republicans are a strange group. You have some of the most rhino-like figures, and then you have the most Uh, Small L, libertarian figures, Senator Lee, uh, Rand Paul, free, you know, Cruz is in in that mode. You have a bunch of them, maybe a dozen. Then you have the others: the Cornyn, the McConnell's, the Thunes, the Barbarossa, all those guys. All right, phone lines. Give me your reaction to that, and also what I told you about Montgomery County. Dom Giordano, show. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, Mitch McConnell. The headlines here are. The last bulwark against MAGA isolationism. Now, I didn't think they would go there, but that's what they're choosing to make this. And you know, my theory is that probably when it's all said and done, it's subtle, you know, versus some of the other stuff. Trump's greatest achievement is the fact that he got Republicans out of this mode of getting us involved in these unending wars. McConnell is being said to be in the mode of Ronald Reagan. Here we go again with this stuff as he resigns. Now, who knows if it's the illness or it's just, uh, you know, he can't battle any more effectively. Might be the illness, though, because he's stepping down in November. If he said it after November and he lost to Trump, essentially. So here we're going to have another guy that's suspect and undercutting uh, Trump. And that's what he's been up to. He's not going to be shedding a tear, I think, if uh the Republican, in this case Trump, loses the presidential race, particularly with him stepping aside. Uh let's go to um let's go to Marie and Bala on Talk Radio twelve ten. Hey Marie, what do you think of this um your commissioner out there in Montgomery County?
8: <laughs> I think the whole um curing of the vote is is just completely wrong and uh stretching it out to uh the ice cream truck going out and soliciting <laughs> yes. shared votes is yes. even worse
1: you know i like the ice cream too there would be ice cream on board hey if you voted today <laughs> uh here's an uh, you know imagine this guy he's invited to the white house he's praised. well
8: <laughs> you know like mine's you know whatever so, but here, here's my rationale, and and I actually, you know, volunteered at the 2020 election for um, both a, both a canvas watcher and a, a, a I can't think of the term a poll watcher. Mm-hmm. So I I had a bit of an eye opening, but but here's what curing the vote means, um, and and I think this is the same argument that was used in to win Bush v. Gore. Some voters get more rights than others. Uh, and here's an example: two two voters send in Malin ballots. Both ballots are found to need curing on election day. One voter is out of town or somehow cannot be contacted. That voter cannot cure his or her vote. Exactly. The other voter can be contacted. That voter does get to cure their vote, so they don't get an equal voting opportunity
1: right plus uh, now we have to be watching this to determine did he go to the republican houses in equal measure versus the democrat houses and i
8: could i could give an opinion on that based on what i watched at the the canvas watch in 2020 and the answer is basically no basically the democrats were prepared for this the republicans found out about curing at the last minute and what happens is, as the votes are counted, so this was the evening of election day. We would get this list of voters who needed to cure their vote. It would be handed to the po- the canvass watcher who had to contact the county uh, Republican committee right. who had to who had to go find the voters. Yeah. So you know, some voters are not even being looked for. Excuse me, looked for until you know, five to eight or what have you. So not every voter, regardless of party, is getting the same legal gotcha.
1: opportunity. Thank you, Marie. Thank you very much. We're going to talk with the guy who stands in the way of some of this out there. And look, uh, you know, we saw in the 2020, the stuff at the last minute, the Bucks, for example, that they did. I think there needs to be pushback on this example. The guy went public with it. He'll be our guest, the Republican commissioner. But they ought to be looking at uh, lawsuits or threatened lawsuits. Fight every square inch. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't say crazy stuff. Say exactly what they're doing, and let's see if everybody agrees that this is all legal, etc. Publicize it. All right. Uh, the great Colonel Allen B. West is going to be with us to talk about Biden going to Brownsville and President Trump going to Eagle Pass. He's next on Talk Radio 1210.
0: Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till three. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD.
1: Dom time. Welcome in, everyone. So, uh, Mitch McConnell stepping down in November after the election. Uh, what a day. Uh, we uh, wanted to speak with Colonel West because of his knowledge in Texas and Georgia, his roots there with all the stories around immigration, but there are a bunch of other things, too. Let's go to Colonel Allen B. West on Talk Radio 1210. Colonel, uh, welcome in, and um, I'm thinking you're probably as excited as I am. I only interviewed Mitch McConnell once, and he attacked Bill (laughs) O'Reilly as a clown who was up next. So it was a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. I bet that
9: was, and it was even more fun when Bill O'Reilly came on. It's good to be with you, Dom, and thanks for having me on. And, you know, when you look at what is going to happen after Super Tuesday, change of leadership in the RNC, and now, without a doubt, we'll have a change of leadership in the Senate, Uh, it just goes to show that the the – the Republican Party is going through, I guess, a, a metamorphosis. I think that it needs to get back and focus on those constitutional conservative principles and values. And I'll, I'll say it, it needs to be a platform that really does put the American people and America first, And especially when you see what's happened with our border. And you're right. I was born and raised in Georgia, and there are people livid about what happened to the uh, young woman down there, Ms. Riley. Uh, a, a a a nursing student that goes out for a run like many co-eds do or college students do and she didn't come home And now we find out we've got another illegal immigrant that just stabbed a 14 year old girl and and tried to rape her in louisiana so someone has to put the american people first
1: and colonel the mayor and this is what shocked me and i wanted to tap into your georgia now. i mean i thought the where the georgia bulldogs are a program i was surprised yeah. They lost to Alabama. I like Alabama, I think, you know, and Nick Saban, what he did. But I was surprised they beat them. They seem overwhelming. But that that town, Athens, Georgia, would be a sanctuary city. And then the mayor today Mm -hmm. lectured everybody and told them, don't conflate that death with immigrants and crime, because immigrants essentially commit fewer crimes per capita.
9: (laughs) Yeah, well, again, you, you're, you have to separate this thing about illegal immigrants. And, it's, of course, it's very interesting how the progressive socialist left manipulates language. But, look, you have to understand that, you know, even in Georgia, where you have these major colleges and universities, you have very liberal actions and uh, leadership in those cities and also on the campus, uh, when you look at Georgia, which is the largest landmass state east of the Mississippi River, 159 counties, it's five counties that really do, do, uh, determine, you know, statewide elections there. We saw it now that we have two of our socialist, uh, senators from Georgia. So that Atlanta metropolitan area, Fulton County, Athens is only about 55, 60 miles, uh, east of Atlanta. And then you got Macon, Columbus, Augusta, and Savannah. Those uh, are some very far-left liberal places.
1: Well, it seems like the election laws, and I was going to ask you this today, are, have been tightened up, but not, uh, and they can't even complain about it. And then the last election, it seemed to be relatively mm-hmm. fair and square. And when I look at the uh, Fannie Willis uh, stuff going on, yeah, that <laughs> says all. But, but I, I'm hopeful in this uh, election cycle that Georgia is not going to be something where we look back and say shenanigans happened there. Some will. I mean, I'm in Philadelphia. We're realists, but yeah. it won't be like it was in 2020.
9: No, it's going to be very hard to go back to that. Well, once again, and I think the most important thing is we can't have governors, secretaries of state and judges changing the election law. Last time I checked, you know, with schoolhouse rock, you know, Saturday mornings, ABC, the only people that could change law was the legislative branch. So I think the American people are up on this, but still. We've got to be very leery about illegals being able to vote. Uh, We've got to be very concerned about these unsolicited mail-in ballots. You know, the thing that Eric Holder wrote about in an article in Time Magazine of April 2020, you know, the ballot harvesting, all of these things, we've got to make sure we're on top of it.
1: Uh, Colonel, wanted to tap into now your Texas knowledge. I've only been to the border once. It was principally El Paso, and we went out into the desert, and boy, at that point in time, they had it locked down. Uh, first, yeah. why would Biden go to Brownsville? One theory I had, and I don't know, it, it's a rail hub or something, and there'll be a lot of border patrol there. Maybe he's going to point to, I funded this through the infrastructure or something like that. Why would mm-hmm. he choose mm-hmm. Brownsville?
9: Well, if you remember the story of Catherine the Great, when uh, she went out into the Russian countryside, and they created this thing called Potemkin Village. Yes. That's what Brownsville would be. Uh, Joe Biden is not going to go to where these, the epicenter is, which is, you know, Del Rio, Eagle Pass, Kenny County. Joe Biden is not going to go out to West Texas into the Big Bend Mountains mm-hmm. and see these, uh, these people that are coming across that we are not able to detect, not able to track. They're the ones that are wearing the camouflage, the backpacks putting carpeting on the bottom of their shoes so they can't be tracked. So he's going to a safe spot, you know, his, his own little safe space. And maybe he's going to Brownsville because he heard that they have a really good ice cream shop. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, Eagle Pass, though, I would say, and you know the topography better, but to me, Eagle yeah. Pass, because of the fact it's been put on the national consciousness, we see it all the time, that's the right place to go for Trump. It-
9: It it is the right place to go, and and I think that that shows that you have a former president who will probably end up being president again, I would say, unless there's shenanigans. He has his finger on the pulse, and he knows exactly the pressure point to go. And, you know, when you think about the border of Texas, it's 1,249 miles, Dom, but the Eagle Pass to Del Rio, you're talking about 50 or so miles. And that's really uh, an epicenter. But the thing we have to remember is that the cartels are very good at drawing our attention to this small little 50-mile front. But then you have countless amounts, another 1,200 miles that are open, especially when you head out west. And that's where you see a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the, the bad elements that are coming across. Brownsville is not a big threat right now. McAllen, that area, that sector has, has quieted down but Joe Biden is going to avoid that, just the same as how they cleaned up San Francisco for Xi
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, turn your military, but also you have a sense of this is more of a civilian military operation. Trump has said it. DeSantis was more buttoned up and I think said it correctly. I had on McCormick, who's running for the Senate here. He said he was very interested in talking with people about how to go about going after the cartels including their drug labs and the rest of it. And Mexico, either the president is afraid of being killed and or he's in on it. They're not going to help you. Is that doable? In my mind, you know, but I'm not anywhere near your level that's been in command and all. What could you do that would be effective?
9: Well, first and foremost, we need to be serious about designating them as a terrorist organization. And therefore, you go after their financing, you go after the banks that are, you know, uh, laundering their money here in the United States of America because they're using American dollars, not pesos, to to pay people to go down there and and transition people. Uh, You've got to also make sure that you're undermining these uh, non-governmental organizations. Take away their 501 status to be able to be used in respective states as travel agencies. Uh, and then what you have to do, and, and I'm very sincere about this, when you can identify these uh, methamphetamine labs, when you can identify these fentanyl labs and things of this nature, you have some very targeted uh, precision strikes to go against it. And you've got to let the President of Mexico know that we're extending a safety and security border zone. We're not going to tell you how deep it goes, but anything that is operating in this zone that is adverse the safety and security and the sovereignty of the United States of America is fair game.
1: Well, I'm not president, but I whisper in the ears of all those people, et cetera, you would be my top candidate for the job. Not because you didn't say bomb them, but you also talked about the other two things. And if you do them, that ought to really put a sting out. And if they still persist, then you could show people, look, they're still doing this even after this action. The only thing you can do is take out their drug a lot. You build up to it. Yeah, you do, and
9: and that's where you have these, you know, these tiers that uh, you start to increase the level of pain against the cartels. But I'm telling you, first and foremost, you undermine their ability to make money. And right now, they're making billions of dollars, and so that means that you've got to shut down the border because folks are paying them some big time money to pay them to come across. And one thing I point out here in Dallas and Dallas County. That We see the face of human trafficking. Every time you see these young Hispanic girls or Hispanic boys on the street corner selling flowers, they're working to pay off that debt that they owe to the uh, the cartels. So we need to find these people who are operating,
1: obviously locally, and start, uh, you know, putting the kibosh on. Where do we find all things, Colonel Allen B. West?
9: Well, thank you so much. You can follow me on all the social media platforms. Uh, to include Substack, but you know I don't play around with TikTok because that's CCP territory, <laughs> and I'm on And you can also, uh, com. my piece this week was You Don't Own Anything, and then also the American Constitutional Rights Union, org.
1: Colonel, thank you as always. Thanks very much. My pleasure, Don. Be well. Colonel Allen B. West, I I just uh, didn't set it up uh, for him, but he went right into it. You do the other two-tier things. Yeah, these American banks, they got to know who they're dealing with. Uh, If they still continue after that, then you hit them. It's doable. It just takes the will to do it. I think President Trump ought to be talking about that more calmly, detailed manner. DeSantis did lay it out that way. McCormick the other day laid it out that way. All right, coming up, more of your calls. And we're going to talk with the uh, Montgomery County Commissioner, Tom DeBello, who was just elected and doesn't like what they're doing in Montgomery County. I laid it out as far as mobile vans to go out if you mess up your vote so you can cure your vote right at your home. And uh, more satellite offices and more foreign languages in Montgomery County. The ballot says it best. All this does is breed distrust. We need trust in the voting system in 2024. Well, really, trust but verify. Tom Danos show, What I have here nine printed pages or so. A Monco official ended up at the White House to advise on voting accessibility ahead of 2024. Here are some of his ideas. Oh, my. Who could oppose this? Don't we want people to vote? Of course we do. Do they have to make a little bit of efforts to do it? Not in Montgomery County. Mobile vans going out. Maybe we can get some ice cream sandwiches in there. Hey, if you fill this out within five minutes, we're going to give you an ice cream sandwich. You didn't? We're going to give you two. Let's go to Tom DeBello, who is uh, the newly minute Republican uh, that sits on the Montgomery County Commissioners to talk about this on Talk Radio 1210. Hey Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for
6: joining us. Hey Tom, how are you doing? Thank you for having me.
1: Well, I think in your interviews with the Inquirer, you're in public office, you struck the right note, but by the time they got to the third thing, you were getting a little bit more, you know what, you gotta put some effort into voting.
6: Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I did that interview, uh, we actually talked about a lot that didn't, didn't make the paper, but um, there's Several of, the, several of the concepts or topics that were covered in original articles that have popped up out there, uh, especially uh, what was referred to as the ice cream, ice cream truck. Yes. Uh, to go to house to house of people that uh, need to have their mail and ballots cured, and they asked me what my feeling was. And I said, well, first off, this was never discussed at a board of elections meeting, and it was never discussed publicly at the commissioner's meeting, and I've learned about it. Uh, when, when uh, reading different articles, and I started to get a little bit more upset when some of the articles start referring to that uh, Montgomery County commissioners were looking at having this ice cream truck uh, travel around Montgomery County, and that's when I really had to step up and start saying, wait, whoa, whoa wait, hold the presses. I don't support this. I talked about this at a commissioner meeting uh, last week. I said, I, I, there's so many issues and so many concerns that I have, uh, related to that. And, you know, from my perspective, the County already allows voters to come in, which I'm not really sure I supported that, but I, I'm willing to at least, uh, support that initiative that they've been doing, allowing voters to come in and cure their ballots after the fact, um, Uh, when they when they send them in if they're not signed properly if they're not dated properly whatever it may be but this is like taking it way way further and um, uh, I mean we have so many important things going on in Montgomery County you know with homelessness and all that so uh, you know we're going to redirect money to certain initiatives I'm certainly not going to do that to have a a truck driving around uh, and curing ballots or giving people the opportunity to cure ballots I mean At what point do you take responsibility for, you know, taking your own responsibility for doing something that needs to be done correctly? It's not a complicated process. You fill out your ballot, you you stuff it in an envelope, you sign it and date it, and you stuff it in another envelope and you mail it back to the county. Not sure why, what more do we need to do um, to ensure that people could do those a couple things uh, properly?
1: Yeah, that's well put, Tom. I agree with you. And look, what, what I'm saying with listeners, you can imagine, you know you know what's going on. Probably they contact you. We want to have trust in elections. Your job is to do that in Montgomery County. Uh, this new guy, this new commissioner, I'm not saying there's anything illegal here, but this breeds distrust in addition to the money and all of it, because how in the world are we monitoring this mobile curing thing? And some of these other things, why would we want to print them up in more languages? than what the federal requirement is. I'm looking at a drop box here, too, and I wanted to ask you the latest on that. Um, I'm a fan of the mail-in ballot because that's the field we're playing on now, Tom, due to Act 77, and we got to do a better job of getting Republicans uh, into that, and I think they are going to. But the drop boxes are a part where I am really worried about shenanigans what are you doing to ensure how many drop boxes in montgomery county and what can be done to really establish trust in that
6: um you know so i agree with you that um you know mail and ballots it's, it's here it's uh, it's here to stay and it's something that we uh have to embrace even if we don't agree with certain aspects of it um i think that um I think over time, we need to continue to refine our processes and procedures around that. Uh, that is one of my goals is, is that I want to be, when I certify election, I want to be able to stand up in front of the, the people uh, and say, I'm certifying this election with, with confidence. Um, and, you know, some of, these, some of these things, especially with drop boxes, and I believe there's 12 currently in the county, but there's still questions about chain of custody and other things that go along with drop boxes.
1: Uh, Tom, Um, let me stop you right there because um, I don't know how much you listen to talk radio, but that's like a catchphrase when people hear that. I had several uh, challenge me last week because, look, I want to win here legally and mail-in is a way to do that. So tell me about chain of custody. Uh, What are the things there that you're eyeballing for us in your role?
6: Well, so we're gonna be, you know, that's a great question. And uh, one of the things that I'm planning on, uh, especially in the primary, but more importantly, come November, is I'm going to be really involved in overseeing as much as I possibly can, uh, as far as ballots coming in, the counting process. I mean, it's starting with ballots coming in, sorting, uh, being counted, um, and then and then being uh, accounted for uh, within the grand totals. So I am going to have eyes uh, that within the entire process as best I can. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching as, everything I could. The chain of custody is when the ballots actually leave, uh, leave the, the, the drop box and make its way back to the county uh, facilities where they're Who, who does that? Who
1: picks them up? Or are they law enforcement that pick them up?
6: There's... Um, so that's a great question. It, it, it appears to me. My understanding is is that um, that you know there are people from the sheriff's department that go okay uh, and that are involved in the pickup and believe and, and I and I've said this before. We have a very well seasoned, experienced, and trusted sheriff's department, um, and I stand with them all, all the whole way. But again, I, I look at it from a uh, 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 logistical standpoint. It's still a chain of custody issue as far as when those ballots are let, leave and come back to, to Norristown. Um, and I, I want to see if there's better oversight or there's better things that we could put in place. I just don't have those answers yet, but it's definitely something I'm looking at. Uh, but the other thing is is that, believe it or not, only 20%, the last numbers that we got, only 20% roughly of uh, mail and ballots requests have come back through uh, Dropboxes. So one of the things that I've asked and questioned as far as you know, in some of the rural areas of the county, I could potentially say, okay, we still uh, could envision having drop boxes. But in the other areas, I mean, how many post offices people drive by to go to a drop box? So I'm not sure if the expense is necessary uh, that continue to have drop boxes uh, throughout Montgomery County. and That's also something else that, we're, that I'm going to be doing analysis on. But, you know... Um, we we do have some secure measures in place as far as you know people at the working at the drop boxes and all that versus mail the, when people drive to post office and just drop them in the mailbox. So you gotta you gotta be careful in the, uh, as far as you don't want to do away with something uh, to promote something else that may not have the same oversight.
1: Um, well funded enough, particularly Montgomery County. That was the goal of the state legislature to say if the voting in a presidential election essentially is overwhelming, you got to keep counting. You tag in another team. Is that going to happen in Montgomery County? In other words, Tom, you know what happens when the vote stops, things get nuts then.
6: You know, yes. Um, And, and and we have, I I have meetings scheduled that I'm going to be meeting with voters, uh, with uh, voter services. And these are all questions that I'm going to be talking about. Um, I've, I don't like the idea of, like you said, that like all of a sudden uh, uh, there's a lid call at like one o'clock in the morning or whatever it may be, and and then everything just stops, and then there's you know bags of ballots that are sitting on the floor or whatever it may be, um, and that, uh, which should be secured, uh, but then uh, the new team comes in you know seven hours later. So um, again, these are definitely things that I wanted that I'm looking at to say you know. Especially with a presidential, are we going to go twenty four seven to ensure that it, that it's a continuous process? Well, Tom, let me, let me uh, interrupt.
1: I, th- I thought that's what the directive was, and more money was put aside in that to do that to take away all these issues. No, uh,
6: my understanding it is, but uh, again, uh, like you said, I'm o- I'm only in the role seven seven weeks, eight okay. weeks, and. I'm I'm really diving into it because I want to get my arms around the entire thing, okay. Um, so that I so I want to I want to remove perception, um, and I want to be able to report accurately on what is will be happening for sure.
1: Okay, well, here's what I would suggest: a good maiden voyage here. As you get through it, when you feel comfortable at the right time, you just contact us through Dan or whatever. Tom, and we want to have you back on so that. You can give a more definitive answer, more meat on the bone here, uh, because these are all the things that you and I share. We want to have faith in this, and these are some of the things, chain of custody, not stopping the vote count, et cetera, that go a long way toward uh, stamping out anything and making sure we don't have an ice cream truck out there on Election Day.
6: Well, yeah, and and again, that's a non-starter for me. Um, Again, I mean, you know, And I I do want to preface with the fact that as the three new commissioners coming in, we, we all are working very well together and it's, it's a change for Montgomery County. So I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're they're creating bad blood or whatever. I mean, we do have a good working relationship. We get along well. There's a lot of things we do agree on, which is, which is the best for the, for the, the the, the county and the residents of Montgomery County from time to time, we're not going to have agreements and this is definitely one of them. Um, And, you know, any commissioner, is able to you know put their own ideas out there and and that's fine i mean that's but then it's the it's the follow-up process as far as how we go how we move forward and you know what becomes reality and and i've pretty much i've gone on record that you know this concept of driving around the county to cure ballots is a non-starter for me um and it's something that i i wouldn't support i couldn't even see getting to that point there's nothing that would change my mind um, there we have, like I said, there's, there's many opportunities for people to curate about look on election day. If I go in and I vote, I, I submit my ballot and I walk out and I'm like, Oh geez, I want to vote for so-and-so instead. I can't go back in and say, Hey, yeah, I, exactly. I I change my, my ballot. So, you know, so there, there there's election day. It's one day and, and we're trying to be accommodating to everyone so that they legally can vote. Uh, And I support that uh, legally is is the most important word in there. And I, and I, like I said, I definitely support that, but, you know, and then, then other ideas as far as um, uh, other ideas, as far as making more ability for people to register to vote. I mean, there's, there's so many opportunities for people to register to vote, including when you renew your driver's license, you're asked if you want to register to vote. I mean, we don't have to keep, you know, trying to find—I mean, what's what's going to get to the point where we knock on everyone's door if they're not registered to vote and ask them and register them? I mean, yeah, at exactly. what point? At what point? Yeah, at so what point does it become the voter's responsibility exactly. or to they uh, to go and do what they need to do to participate in one of the you know one of the best processes you know in the in the country? So it's it's definitely an issue. And look, I welcome anyone. People, you know, we we made our. We're trying to make our commissioner meetings very inviting to the community. We want people to come. We extended the public comment period. We opened that up again. Uh, the previous commissioners reduced it down, and we and I, I brought this up at a commissioner meeting, and, and my fellow commissioners agree with me. And we we we, we increase and doubled the comment period. Uh, so we invite people to come in. Let let your feelings be heard. You're not going to be confronted with. Um, rudeness because we're communicating we're talking with people when they're making public comment we're trying to be engaging i mean this is what I, as a county commissioner that's what this our job is is to be engaging and willing to listen to hear concerns from the community and this is a big concern of many people and i believe that they should come to commissioner meetings and make their concerns be known
1: absolutely tom thank you we'll continue to follow up with you thanks for uh, checking in today
6: uh, thank you. And we'll definitely be in touch.
1: Thank you, Tom. All right. This is, uh, I'm proud of that. Thanks, guys. And Dan, getting Tom on. I know he was, uh, it took a little bit today to get him on. And we'll follow up with the next step. I await your reaction. You heard the chain of You heard all these issues. There's a defense involved here in addition to the offense. And we're going to try to, at least in our neck of the woods, be on top of this and kind of egg this on that every part of they can't stop the vote. They just. I mean, the whole intent of all that money spent by the legislature was to say, it's your job as a county, be it Philadelphia or otherwise, you can't stop the vote. You tag in your next group when they're tired. We'll put the lid on it at one. We'll pick up at eight. No, 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 no. We're not going through that again. That is probably the number one thing that would get people crazy. The votes counted. Suddenly the mail-in ballots start and somebody else is ahead then. Here we go. We're off to the races again. Phone lines, 855-839-1210 coming up. Uh, Hunter Biden, closed-door deposition. uh, Jamie Raskin and others saying that uh, he was adamant. Joe Biden had nothing to do with any of this stuff as far as helping him with all these foreign governments, etc. Of course, that's what he's going to say. I wonder how many of these things will be uh, perjury. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if Hunter Biden uh, gets contradicted on the stuff that he tests. Now, this was closed door today. And I know the impeachment charges are the big story with the president and all that. But I don't know about you. Hunter Biden going to jail is going to give me satisfaction. I'll admit it. He is the face of privilege. He is a rogue beyond belief who just rode through life and wants to continue doing that. No matter what he does. I think it's ending badly for him, and he deserves it. All right, your calls are next. Don't forget the side question today. All-time second-in-command slash sidekick. All this talk of President Trump and the various VP choices. Hit us with that sidekick or that all-time second-in-command. President Biden is going to speak on his actions uh, to fight crime momentarily. We'll give you some of the clamishness of that. Because uh, thanks to a listener, and I'm looking right at it, uh, I have a stat here that uh, maybe the president should be confronted with. According to the Venezuelan Violence Observatory, the people that uh, chronicle crimes in the country, it has the lowest homicide rate in 22 years. It has sunk. Venezuelan violent deaths fall to 22-year low based on, says Bloomberg, migration. In other words, who do you think is coming here in the main or uh, big numbers of them to run operations in this country? Maybe people that they don't want, maybe gangs, criminals. Why is Venezuela, given all the turmoil there, why does it have the lowest homicide rate that it's had in 22 years? Lowest homicide rate in 22 years. All right, maybe the uh, president ought to be asked about that, and he ought to be asked about uh, what's going on in our big city. And they want to tell you that crime is down. If you're believing that, well, then I guess you'll believe anything. All right, now I'm I'm proud of it. We, we're bringing you a guy right there. Does that give you some sense of confidence? I'm trying to fire up as many of these local politicians, et cetera, statewide as we can, trying to trigger their brain to crack down on drop boxes, chain of custody. It's not just uh, winning. It's also the perception of a fair election here. And the way to do that is to crack down on some of the things that uh, are tightened up, if you prefer. I just talked with the commissioner out there. And here we have a Democrat they invite to the White House because he wants to run a good humor truck, a Mr. Softy truck out there, come into your house To bring you all that and have you do it there. Even though uh, people had every opportunity to go to Norristown. They were contacted to cure their vote that was faulty. And they didn't do it. That's too hard. And we're not going to uh, move heaven and earth to get this guy on. If he hears it, he wants to come on and defend himself, which I doubt. Then we'll do it. Ridiculous. Every vote. Has to be fought for here, both on offense and on defense. The offense, the Scott Preslers of the world, the Laura Trumps of the world. The defense, we just heard the commissioner there looking into every single one of these things. You heard what he said, too. Uh, drop boxes were fewer than 20% of the mail in ballots, I think he said. And he made the point. How many places do you pass by where you can drop it in there? Call the post office or something. Instead of the drop box. Now in the rural areas or whatever, look, I don't want any drop boxes anywhere, anytime. You know that. All right, we have a compromise. You got to prove it here. You know how difficult it is uh, to get somewhere, etc., et So you have one or two in Montgomery County versus a dozen. Why are they needed? They're not. If you're going to do mail-in balloting, You have to assume certain responsibilities to get them in. The guy over in Montgomery County, he wants to run under the banner that we're suppressing the vote because he can't get an ice cream truck out there to your house to have you curate your vote right there. Is that suppressing the vote? I think I'm going to write my column and ask that question. Is that suppression of the vote if we don't have a mobile ice cream truck door-to-door in Montgomery County? Am I suppressing your vote then? Oh, my God. It's like being in Russia. It's like Putin and the boys. Because the truck is not going to show up and let you do everything right there that you should have done the first time. All right. Let's go to... um, Let me see. Uh, Let's go to Robert in Ben Salem early today on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Robert. Afternoon. How are
0: you doing today, Dom? It's good to talk to you. Same here. Um, I'm listening to... They're calling us extremists
1: now. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That woman, <laughs> that woman's amazing for Politico. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you're okay with. With indoctrinating and sexualizing children and late-term and partial birth abortion and silencing and canceling and punishing dissent, and mandating vaccine and weaponizing the government and flooding the border with 10 million aliens and actively being racist and driving up the cost of living in your march towards authoritarian socialism, and we're the extremists. Is that, am I, have, I, have I got that right? Yeah, you got it right.
1: And Robert, you just hit, you could tell yesterday when we were talking about that cereal thing and Americans doing it at dinner. This sets me uh, off diminishing the average American. There's a story today of what people are having to do to cut back on food costs. Middle class, uh, growing their own food. Nothing wrong with growing your own food if that's what you want to do, have the time, etc. cetera. And how they're just eating out of canned goods, no more nice recipes they made up. Is that America or are, can these people connect the dots and say to themselves, two people are working middle class jobs. I shouldn't have to just eat out of canned goods. Can they ask themselves that?
0: Well, the thing is, is that if we had and I hate to beat this, but if we had an honest media, we would have been getting them stories for the last two or three years. Yes. If a Republican was in office while this was going on, it would have been a daily occurrence. And that's the sad part. But I'll leave that go. I just appreciate kicking that around with you. Uh, My answer is Dr. Watson.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Yes.
0: Just wanted to say that I thought they did a good job modernizing that storyline with the movies with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, adding that Oscar Madison feeler Unger dynamic to it. I thought it was a nice touch and brought it into the modern age, you know. Good stuff. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Uh, Dr. Watson. That one down, Henry, with a star. That's that's a pretty good second-in-command. So second-in-command slash sidekick. You know, but both of them were kind of interchanging here with all this jockeying for the VP for President Trump. And it is uh, ferocious. I mean, the people that have contacted me, did you know this about Governor Nome? Did you know this about Tulsi on the other side? These are the two that people are most seeming to me going nuts, pushing back and forth on, which tells me they think one of those two are the odds on to be the VP nominee. Uh, Tim Scott, people don't attack. They just say, come on, you know, Tim Scott wouldn't be the person in there as much as I admire him. There's a third group that says, Vivek, I think they're smaller. I see these two women as where the intensity is. All right, here's how you get in. 855-839-1210. That will do it here on uh, Talk Radio 1210. Oh, man, nice limo for Hunter Biden. I, mean, I guess he can't get into a Toyota or something as he leaves the uh, testimony it's beneath him might trigger him or something Time to your show 855-839-1210 you get on board All right uh let's uh let's remember the side question today let's uh, talk about that um, second in command sidekick that's what we're looking for let's go to Bob in Landenberg Pennsylvania Hello, Bob. Afternoon. Afternoon, Dom. Great show
2: as always. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Enjoy listening to you. Enjoy listening to you a lot. Um, hey, quick thing on the drop boxes uh, that you were talking about. Here's let's put, let's say they they don't compromise or they do compromise. They put one or two out there or twelve. My proposal is, and I, this could probably be pretty hard to do, but to get poll watchers from one poll watcher from each side of the aisle. Republican, and Democrat, and, you know, you get it to cover the 24-hour period. You you probably put three or four waves of people to interchange, and they make sure that whoever comes up to drop a ballot into that box is who they say they are by showing, you know, a license or an ID.
1: Well, there's only only uh, one issue with this. If there's 12, it's a manpower thing. Two, you're going to have a fight there. That's why some, like Lehigh County, uh, they they had a few, Bob, and what they did is, uh, as I remember from the D.A. when we had them on, they put a sheriff there or somebody like that, because if you ask somebody to prove who they are, there's going to be a fight in some of these.
2: Right. Right. No, I get it. Uh, I would thought maybe throwing a camera up there, too, to keep everyone well, honest. But some, that, so, no, really so, no, it, no but Some
1: it. of them do. Yeah, but it, it doesn't stop it. And I'm convinced this is always going to be the Achilles heel. But I like what you're saying. And I like what he said. I, and, I'll, and I'll be honest with you, Tom. This election, the Republican side's going
2: to have the manpower. I can tell you, in my neighborhood alone, we're all gearing up and going out and volunteering to be poll watchers. Good. Never uh, done it
1: before. Yeah. Never
2: done it before. And now we're all out there. Good. We're and, make- uh,
1: Bob, uh, do it as recommended by Scott Presler, who we'll have on several times before the April primary. Do it for the primary, too. What he wants people to do is to help get the Green Party register, you know, uh, registration signatures and all that, because if they're on the ballot, it's meaningful. And also, it's like spring training for the big event. You see some of the things that happen there locally. You can both discuss and report them. And then hopefully we'll see. We'll make sure there's nothing coming our way at the last minute.
2: There you go. I like that. Oh, we'll do. We'll, I'll make sure I bring that up to my group. Like I said, there's about two dozen of us that are going to do it. That is
1: great. That uh, is great news. All right. Who's your uh, sidekick or uh, second in command?
2: Well, I'm showing my age, but uh, for many, many moons, watch Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon.
1: He was the best. Yeah, he, he was, was the number two. <laughs> <you know>. Hi, <Hi-oh! laughs> Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, Johnny Carson is, in my mind, the greatest comedian ever when it comes to comedic timing. You know, I don't know. um, I don't remember ever seeing him do stand up. I am seeing Seinfeld, who um, was very good. I know it's like a joke inside uh, Seinfeld, the show, uh, about how good is he or whatever. We saw him in Reading, though. I thought he was exceptional. In fact, Jim, here is Jerry Seinfeld, one of his iterations. This is cut um, 13. And he has this guy, they're in front of an audience. And this guy is beating him up, wanting to know why the audience is so white and so many of the jokes and so much of the stuff is white, kind of like a DEI interview. I don't know where this guy came from. Listen to how Seinfeld handles him. I have noticed that most of the guests are mostly white males of 22 episodes. Yeah, let's get into that. (laughs) Take a look over here, Peter. What do you see? A lot of
9: (laughs)
5: whitey <laughs> what's going on here <laughs>
9: but but i oh this really pisses me off but go well,
5: no, ahead no, I, I, it really
9: pisses <laughs> me off people think it's it's the census or something i mean just gotta <laughs> represent the the actual pie chart of, of of america who cares it's just funny you know funny is is the is the world that i live in you're funny i'm interested you're not funny i'm not interested And and I have no interest
1: in gender or race or anything like that. But everyone else is kind of with their little calculating. Is this the exact right mix? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, I I think that's uh, to me, it's anti comedy.
10: So Jerry's answer there is absolutely right. And we have seen Uh, that's
1: a Dave Rubin report. uh, And it was. um, was that BuzzFeed, Henry? Did you put that? You, you cut it, right? BuzzFeed it was, interviewing
3: Seinfeld. Was, I, I got it off the blaze. So I was, oh,
1: okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It was it uh, I thought who so it was. And I don't know why this. Why he submitted to an interview with this guy, but it was one of the first questions out of the box. Your audience is too white. <laughs> Seinfeld is not a conservative, all. Well, but two things are happening here. One, he is so effective anti-woke, and I think he's seeing how far the left, if he is political at all, on Israel is going. And, uh, yeah, he's he's had enough. I I think he plays it down the middle because he's probably apolitical mostly. And he also wants to get people to come on whatever shows he's doing at that point. I got to say, I think he's handled, I don't know what you do after Seinfeld. It's got to be pretty hard. I mean, you're never going to reach that. Right. It's like painting the masterpiece. Michelangelo is like 14. He paints that and he goes, uh uh-oh. I know I can't top that in life. What do I do now? You know, what do you do? Yeah, I mean it's gotta be. I mean, I always think I'm reaching to the perfect show in the future, but who knows? Maybe mm. we've already gone past that. Now no, what are do you doing? Nah, yeah,
0: not at all. It's well, like
1: if you're president, you're Obama and you're like fifty four, whatever he was when he left office. That's gotta be difficult. Mm.
0: So Wasn't Jerry Seinfeld one of the first people to speak out about cancel culture oh, yeah. and colleges oh, and all that as yeah. well. He kept saying, Yeah, I don't yeah. want to do colleges anymore. It's two P C.
1: Yeah. We're seeing him uh down at the AC on the 15th So Dan, you're listening Get on that We should have him on We'll follow up on that I'll go backstage and interview Alright, 855 Tom Giordano's here tonight You know what that guy does Alright, the big 2 o'clock hour Joe of is next Oh my God Wait until you hear His sidekick second in command <laughs> Sound effects might happen And Dom's Money Melody Will happen this hour too Here on Talk Radio 12 Tech
0: Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till three, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Philadelphia's Talk Radio 1210 WPHD WPHT, HD, WGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the Free Odyssey app. It's Dom Time. Now, Dom Giordano.
1: It is Dom Time. President uh, Biden uh, talking about the American Rescue Plan. What the heck did that have to do? And that cut down crime in the big cities. Can it rescue Philadelphia from uh, Larry Krasner? How about giving us a trillion dollars? Would that do it? No amount of money would do it. If you don't enforce the law, Mr. President, more money is not going to do that. Uh, this is the tactic that the Bidens of the world use, though. But we want to give the police more money. Uh, the Republicans don't. You know, they, they put this into other bills. We've been through this a million times, checking another box. Uh, and he um, is not addressing the illegal immigrant part of this. I'm waiting to see. I'll let you know if he says it. We'll pull the sound. You know, uh, people here illegally, that's a problem, but they don't commit as many crimes per capita as Americans. Go ahead, say it, say it. Let's hear you say it, like the goofy mayor of Athens, Georgia. Dom Giordano Show, great calls today. Coming to you in a second. Just, uh, I want Henry thinking on this too. He's a resident sports guy, and I'll give you the details, then we'll talk about it. The Sixers so craven to get their luxury palace downtown, they released a video talking to Celtics fans about what it's like to have an arena in the center of the city, as in Boston, and uh, how amazing that is. Now, this would be like the Eagles, you can imagine, interviewing or filming Jerry World with Dallas Cowboy fans. The Eagles would never do that. They're not in that much of a bubble. This crew with the Sixers, and it pains me because I love basketball. It's my first sport, not football. Sorry about that. It is basketball. Uh, Crossing Broad has this uh, big survey with them and a pitch of Celtics fans telling us how wonderful it is. Now, they're underrated as animal fans, uh, although the film the uh, TV series on HBO of the uh, winning time, I think it was Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm, yeah, they showed them for exactly. We get the rep. <laughs> I, I think that's what they are today, and that's what they've always. I don't know yeah. about football, but well, basketball, they're the worst.
3: And that's and that was directed by Adam McKay, who's a Philly guy. So oh, he, I didn't know that. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, he made yeah. sure to get it right.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Henry, what do you think of this pitch we hear from Celtics fans? I,
3: I mean, it's. <laughs> It's more the same from the, the Sixers ownership group. I mean, yeah. time after time, it's just, the, I feel like they play the wrong moves. And I, yeah, it's the last thing I want to hear. It's like listening to Cowboys fans talk about how great yeah. Jerry World is. Like A- you just said, I don't want to hear it. And you're not
1: even of the generation, but you get it because you know sports of previous gen. I mean, this is, I mean, it's eliminated them three out of the last six times from the playoffs. Yeah. But this goes back. The stuff where they would turn off the hot water in your showers. (laughs) They would make it exceptionally hot in your, yeah. All the petty stuff. Uh, Just, they would do anything. They literally were going to win. That's what they were telling you. And in 1967, when the Sixers had one of the greatest teams in history and beaten them, here in Philadelphia, people were chanting, Boston is dead. And they (laughs) meant, they were hoping to, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it's on the level of the Cowboys as
3: a rivalry. Yeah. It's Wilt and Bill Russell. No, in, in my mind, like right after the Cowboys, I hate the Celtics now. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know who is in second place for listeners. Cowboys, though, it, you know what it is about the Cowboys, too. It's the local Cowboys fans. Yes. That's what gets that, people. That, that's what yeah. gets
3: everybody because they're, so, they're not localized to Dallas. They're everywhere. And it's like, why right. are you Dallas Cowboys fans? like I don't yeah. know, I just am.
1: It's like, yeah, I cool. don't think there's Celtics fans like here in Philadelphia en masse or anything like it. I, I don't see it translate over there. Then it's Jerry Jones after that, yeah. the obnoxiousness. Oh, everything then it's me. how about them Cowboys? <laughs> the uniforms are good. And the fact that they are chokers.
3: Yes. Uh, routinely, they are chokers. I take solace in that every season knowing they're just going to flame right. out.
1: Now, Fox reporting, of course, that President Biden, in his remarks on crime going down in his American rescue plan, uh, they, uh, he ignored talking about migrant crime. He was just asked about his physical. We're waiting for the results on that. Oh, man, I can imagine the doctor there. My medical credibility's on the line here. What did <laughs> I say? Where did they get this guy? Oh, my goodness. Oh. And, of course, um, Howard Dean has weighed in saying he would bet on Joe Biden against President Trump in a push-up contest. Now, I'd like to see FanDuel put up, not that, but I'll ask you, Henry, give us a ballpark over under, how many legit push-ups would either one of them
3: do? See, legit push-ups is the caveat there. Yeah, I know. Man, I, I can't see either of them doing more than five. Like, I thought you were going to say maybe none. Yeah, yeah. none might – yeah, put, put the line at point .5 and we'll see. Okay, we'll see five. You say five is the
1: over and under. Yeah. I do think uh, Trump would win, but I could see the win being three push-ups or two. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't see you over five
3: either here. Oh, my God.
1: Can you imagine the two of them in sweatsuits or something coming out before the presidential debate?
3: Yeah, that should be the presidential debate.
1: <laughs> and then a cognitive test afterward. Of, is this an elephant or is it a hippo? <laughs> well, with the two of them and a split screen. We could have a whole Olympics
3: of just oh, things like that. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, it would be. There's going to be no debate, though. We all know that on the Dom Giordano program. Uh, they don't want um, to have RFK Jr. He'd be in the debate. He would qualify. That would be a wrinkle that is unimaginable what might happen. But Trump debating Biden at this point, after what's going on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll take you, I'd like to take him behind the gym, Biden. That's what he actually said. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to the aforementioned Joe Exton here on Talk Radio 1210. Mm-hmm. Joe, good afternoon. How you doing today? Fine. Hello,
10: Don. Good afternoon.
1: Uh, uh, by the way, a police source who used to say, I, I wasn't that big of a fan of Joe Exton yesterday, said, I need to hear Joe of Exton every hour. <laughs> That's when he texted me yesterday when you were on. Uh, a policeman? I, I, boy, he's a big-time cop. Yeah, I can't say what rank and all that, but big-time, yeah. Uh, I'll move him over for uh, lunch. <laughs> okay. So what do you have, Joe? Uh, anyway,
10: <clears throat> during the early 60s, there was a television program involving a boy who lived in a military fort during the Wild West. And wherever the boy went, either within the fort or outside the fort, he took along his companion, sidekick dog named Ren Ten Ten, and whose nickname was Rennie.
1: Very good, Joe. That is, uh, that's on your usual standard here. He never fails to disappoint. Yep, every time. Every time the man hits you. Yeah, Rin Tin Tin, outside the box, says the second in command, as only Joe could tell it. Now, this was a police source who uh, didn't like him uh, oh, four or five months ago, just texted me yesterday and said, oh, yeah, I see it now. This guy's got that it factor. You just can't script this. Uh, Tom in Marlton on Talk Radio 1210. Hello, Tom. Afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Dom.
5: Hey, Dom, uh, real quick, (laughs) I'll give you a little price uh, update first before I hit my side question. Um, Last week I went out uh, about a year, uh, it was about a year and a half ago. It's a pretty famous sub shop. They advertise on TV and the radio. I used to get a 12 inch hoagie. It was about 12 bucks. Last year, it went up to 15 bucks. Okay, you're pushing it a little. All right. Last week, my uh, missus talked me into going to get one, so I broke down.
1: 18 bucks now for a turkey and cheese hoagie. Wow. So, do all you, right, do my you, second one. Yeah. Do you blame okay. them or do you blame Bidenomics? <sighs> I don't
5: know. I got, I'm leaning more towards the Bidenomics, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could be juicing it up a little bit there, but they have to compete. So if somebody else has only gone to 15 or so in all this, then, uh, you know, they're not going to have as many customers.
5: Exactly right. I have one more for you. Again, I broke down and I went, and <laughs> I went to our pizza shop and got a pizza the other night. All right. It used to be 10 bucks at one time and not too long ago. Then I went up to 14 bucks. All right. I go the other night and here we go again, 1899 wow. for a pie. Yeah. I mean, which one going to stop?
1: It will not. It will not. If he's reelected, it will just incrementally, maybe not as fast because, you know, it can't, you would think. But this is what has happened in countries that have turmoil, Tom. Uh, back to uh, Nazi Germany and through Argentina and things like that, inflation is the thing that sets people off ultimately.
5: It really does. I mean, it's really getting ridiculous, Dom, but I know, I know you know that. So I'm going to go with the side question. Um, I know back in the day, the straight man was always considered the guy who got paid more than the comedian because they said it was harder to be the straight man than the comedian. But with Abbott and Costello, I am kind of I don't know who's the, uh, the second guy in command there because uh, Abbott was a great straight man, but Costello was the one who always stole the show most of the time.
1: That is good. I don't know which one I would say is that, but that's a good one. Yeah, that's an excellent one, Tom. No, I want you to bring these stories about inflation. In fact, coming up, I, I told a listener earlier that Fox Business, consumers resort to creative strategies, to stretch food budget as grocery prices continue to increase. And I'll give you a few of those. And my take is no. The average American working hard, both people working, all that, they shouldn't have to be doing this stuff. It is Bidenomics. And we're not going to be cowed by that golden-tongued Bob Casey Jr. that it's not. By the way, too, I've already played it three times, but in this next segment I'm reminding myself, Phil Murphy is a despicable guy. We know that, right? And he's just, it, it, it's impossible to imagine liking this guy. What he did yesterday in his State of the State or his budget thing, talking about Wales, I got to play again. It'll be the fourth time, which I never do. That's coming up. But first, it is time for... It's Dobbs!
0: Money
3: Melody! Where has all the money gone?
1: That is right. And we're playing for a pair of tickets to the 8th annual Bucks Blues Explosion on April 5th at the Zlock Performing Arts Center on the campus of Bucks County Community College in Newtown, Pennsylvania. For tickets and more information, visit bucks.edu slash tickets. Great spot. We did a Brian Kilmeade event there. So uh, Henry, do you have it or Jim have it? Who I, has it? I got, there? it okay. I got it. Yeah, what do you have All here right, today? So yeah,
3: this all-time great musician, right, who's most recognizable due to the younger generation due to his providing a soundtrack to a great kids film, uh, spent some time early in his career serving as the number two behind a very similar sounding artist, taking the mantle as the lead singer after the original lead singer's departure. Here he is covering an all-time tune by the Temptations. Who is this cover artist? Mama, I'm dependent on you. Tell me the truth. Mama how holla had said Papa wasn't going to stone. Where he
1: let his hat was his home. That is an all-time. Classic, okay? 855-839-1210. Hit us with that and you're gone off to the eighth annual Bucks Blues explosion on April 5th. Who is covering that song? 855-839-1210. It's the Money Melody. Where has all the money gone? Show me the money. That's exactly right. Hey, by the way, before we get to the end, we'll play the clue. I saw this. Rand Paul just uh, tweeting out. If you saw the five against one yesterday on Speaker Johnson from the White House, and I sat right where Johnson sat when I was there. He says, Earth. To Biden. Fauci admitted the six foot distancing thing was made up. You got um, Schumer and Akeem Jeffries on one long couch. They're like 12 feet apart. Then you have McConnell and Johnson. I thought they don't like each other. Well, they don't. 12 feet apart. And then you have President Biden and Kamala Harris, and they're almost six feet apart. And Harris is in the chair for President Trump. Close to you, Henry, or closer, says to me and the other talk show host there, sit over here to a female talk show host. It's where I put the dictators. There you go. Jeez. I know. Pretty Trumpian. All right. Let's hear that clue again for Dom's Money Melody. All right. We got it. Hit us with that. Who's covering that classic Let's go to Greg in Delaware on Talk Radio twelve ten. Hey Greg, who's covering the song? Hey Dom, is that Phil Collins? Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. Let's hear a little bit of that while you're there, Greg. Go ahead, Henry. Do you hear that, Henry? Do you put it together? Yes. Yeah.
3: I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of backup vocals there, so Yeah. It's true. tough. It's tough. I don't. That's How
1: did you get that, Greg? What uh, said uh, Collins? It was, it was honestly, it was the clues. I think I had it figured out before he even played, the, uh, yeah. played okay. the
9: song. He said, uh, "You know, Disney movie and uh, mm-hmm. and, right. and replaced uh, another famous singer."
1: All right, Greg. Enjoy the blues explosion. That's pretty good. Yeah, the the backup singers are pretty heavy there. I would not have come anywhere near. Yeah, I was. yeah. I, I wouldn't have got it either. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we've had, we've played, uh, Dan loves the cover. We played um, Taylor Swift covering Eminem. That's uh, classic. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. It's brutal. And Joe Pesci covering Love Songs. I mean, <laughs> it's just hard to believe. All right. So, eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. before I uh, go to the calls, I mentioned this. Yesterday, we talked about this Kellogg's Serial uh, boss. Saying, yeah, cereal's a fine choice for Americans, given what we're going through. Uh, Kellogg, you know, why wouldn't you have cereal for dinner? And the guy on Squawk Box on CNBC says, you know, that might not land so well. Well, Fox News has a story today about what's happened with Americans and food. The typical U.S. household needed to pay $213 more a month in January to purchase the same goods and services it did one year ago, which was already wildly up. And they interviewed people. Listen to this. This is not America. Sarah Smith, 54, shared how she and her husband have traded their elaborate homemade meals with fresh herbs and premium ingredients for simpler meals made from canned goods to cut costs. The Las Vegas marketing professional said these days she often makes tuna noodle casserole instead of chicken cacciatore for instance it's not healthful but it's food Now, oh, okay everybody can do something like that i get it once in a while this is biden's america though this is what we're reduced to because of this selfish stupid man and his selfish stupid wife that's what's driving it and if elect it more of this will continue so today we got the lecture on how things Thanks to the American Rescue Plan, crime is going down tremendously. No mention of illegal immigrant crime, and no question on that. Uh, let's go to uh, Leslie in Bryn Mawr on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Leslie. Aloha. Aloha.
11: Dom, I have a question on, on this Mitch McConnell announcement. Yes. What's the point of announcing now that you're retiring in November?
1: Yeah, there would be another shoe to drop, you know. In other words, what the plan, the agenda will be and how he doesn't have any stake in it. He's doing it for the country. That would be my guess.
11: It doesn't make any sense to me because the only other really big news thing going on today is Hunter Biden's testimony. Mm -hmm. So is it to draw attention away from that? No, I'm not. I mean, it's a big deal. It's I, a big deal that Mitch McConnell's yeah. going to step down. But I, I don't see the point in announcing it, that. Well,
1: I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not like, a thinking that things work out that easily. Conspiratorial to do it to take attention away. Not that they wouldn't do it if they could. But uh, there's apparently some internal thing uh, that we're not sure of, and, and that's why he announced it today. It's after the Michigan vote. Um, I don't know if it's inside who he wants the leader to be. Maybe it's helpful with that. I think it's probably going to be Thune, which is another rhino leader.
11: Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't trust anybody that McConnell picked.
1: Well, right, exactly. We didn't get that today, but uh, a boy, waving the flag of surrender now, or I think it's going to be essentially how he's going to fight Trump till the end. He's going to be in the fight till after, the, after he helps to try to throw the election.
11: I just think it's going to put him in a bad light going out that way with, with uh, McDaniels stepping down. It, it's clear that it's now the MAGA party. It is no longer the old Republican guard. Uh, uh, yes. Johnson, but- Johnson's holding his ground. He's not allowing them, himself to be bullied by the Democrats. And I'm really proud uh, of Johnson for doing what he's doing. So it just seems to me like, you know, McConnell, you're irrelevant now anyway. So let somebody else step up and be, be effective.
1: Well, look, I agree with you about Johnson. We're going to have Van Drew on. I'm not at the look at my thing here uh, Thursday or Friday. But we always have to calculate what's the damage of a government shutdown. You know, you have to calculate that in. You're right. Johnson given a really tough hand is held up well during it was five against one screaming at him essentially
11: exactly exactly and i you know i i think he has the confidence of the of the people the voters behind him and uh, you know many people are saying shut it down it's okay we'll get through shut it down if that's what we have to
1: uh i agree with the hat but you know i'm smarter guys have told me they say the same thing. They want to do that. But the damage because of the media in this is immense at times. Yeah. Yes.
11: Oh, of course. Well, it doesn't matter what way it goes. The Dems and the media are going to blame the Republicans for anything that happens. But this seems
1: to be a particular trap. And uh, we'll see if Johnson has a better way of framing it. That's what he ought to start to do. As we, well, we get to Thursday, offer, Friday. he
11: did yeah. offer to extend the the two upcoming. Right. you know, I think it's yeah. the first and the eighth, and he said we'll do the eighth and the twenty second. Extend the uh, approval of the budget, I guess, is it is. well.
1: It. And I, I like the camp that says no, we don't get any State of the Union unless the budget's resolved. If Biden doesn't want to do that, he doesn't get the stage to do the State of the Union.
11: I love I like that too.
1: Yeah. I
11: like that, too. We're
1: in deep agreement here. What's your side? I think this is outside the box. It
11: is definitely outside the box. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say jelly. Jelly is the sidekick to peanut butter.
1: That is very Mm -hmm. good. That's right. Peanut butter is the star. I don't know how, though, because jelly is more enticing to people. It it takes over for the peanut taste. It overwhelms
3: it. But she's right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's uh, like I was just thinking about it. It's like you wouldn't never have like a, a jelly sandwich almost. Right. You like, can have a peanut butter sandwich and peanut butter. Yeah. Peanut. Butter, you could go peanut butter and banana sandwich. You could have a yeah, fluffer. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I ran a, my own night. summer camp, small one, relatively small, and you know if we're out of jelly, well, it's peanut butter today. Yep. Exactly. There you go. All right. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Frank on Long Beach Island, LBI on talk radio 1210 all right frank what do you have today
10: good afternoon um i think mitch mcconnell is just um announcing he's retiring so no matter what he does he can do whatever he wants not have to worry
1: about re-election if he's going to
10: try to uh torpedo the election
1: yeah i think he's retiring you're right not just as senate majority leader i don't think he's running for re-election either but uh You know, we'll be seeing what the side story to this is. What's the play for him here? But, Frank, it does this early on. It's like waving the flag of surrender. And does it cut toward the Ukraine aid? Will these others in the Senate not be as gung-ho because he's the one that's been pushing all this stuff? Exactly. I don't trust any of them. Yeah, well, obviously. Frank, who's your uh, sidekick or second-in-command?
10: My sidekick in second command is Tom Hagen of The Godfather and The
1: Godfather Part Two. How do you see him as a concierge, good or bad?
10: I saw him as good because he didn't have the emotion that the other uh, concierges or uh, other uh, couple of regimes m- might have had, and he had more of a legal stance and a um, stoic kind of appearance, and he was always in the background, but he was one of the most powerful people in the movie um and he would you know he was he was the right hand confidant of the godfather michael kind of uh took him out a a little bit when he was doing the las vegas thing but then put him back in after he got situated to protect tom and one of my favorite lines is tom can you get me off for old time's sake (laughs) sorry can't
2: do it can't do it
10: (laughs) just the coldness and the the stream of yeah. immediate answer. Can't do it, Sally.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um,
3: I, name, where <laughs> I advise Michael. I'm trying thing. I never thought you'd be a concierge. Much I thought Santino would be a Don. Rest peace.
1: I don't know if you do, uh, Santino, when he says, if I had a wartime concierge. Damn it, I've- Tom,
0: if I had a wartime concierge, a, concierge a,
1: a, a, a Sicilian, I wouldn't be in this mess right now. <laughs> Pop Atchenko, look what I got. All right, 855-839-1210. Your calls uh, coming up here. And how a uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yes, Ruth Bader Ginsburg opinion could really aid President Trump in that New York fraud case where each day the ticker says, what, $100,000 added on in interest, you know, that enormous amount? It's an opinion written by Ruth Bader Ginsburg who many times uh, said the right things. I'll tell you what that's about. A, um, first, though, let's say we just talked about basketball. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. So you can pick a pre-made bet from the app that uh, you can put five bucks on. Uh, you can uh, you could have bet on the Celtics and Sixers. You can bet that um, Tobias Harris will disappoint you, whatever they say he's going to do. <laughs> That's always that. a solid bet with me. I, I can't watch a Sixers game watching that guy because he's a very nice guy, and yet I still
3: despise well, the, what goes on. The question is, when do we start giving him a standing ovation like we did Trey Turner?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, that's it, with Tobias Harris? Yeah. I don't see him hitting a home run or making a three-pointer. Uh, you have live same-game parlays, exclusive props, quick bets, and I really like the FanDuel app because it's very easy to use. So just visit Dom and shoot your shot, FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHT. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Yet to be 21-plus president Pennsylvania, first online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Dom Dano Show, welcome in. Great side question today. Coming off all the Trump possibilities for a vice president, uh, give us that all-time second-in-command or sidekick, like jelly to peanut butter. That was a little outside. Rin Tin from Joe of Exton today. All right, Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the opinion for the Supreme Court that will help President Trump in the appeal... Of the $454 million judgment against him. In February 2019, she wrote the majority opinion in Timbs versus Indiana, in which the high court voted nine to zero. I have to look up in the last uh, two or three years how many times that has happened and found that the Eighth Amendment is applicable to the states. The justices ruled against Indiana, which was seeking to confiscate defendant Tyson Tim's $42,000 Land Rover for assessing a fine that was grossly disproportionate to the gravity of the defense. The Land Rover's value was more than four times the maximum $10,000 fine that Tim's was liable for in a criminal case that involved controlled substances and conspiracy to commit theft. The Eighth Amendment's excessive fines clause is an incorporated protection act um, that applies to the states. Under the 14th Amendment's due process, the justice is found. The prohibition embodied in the Excessive Fines Clause carries forward protections found from the Magna Carta to the English Bill of Rights. So she says the fines can be used to add it that such fines often can be used to retaliate against chill speech of political enemies. Got that? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So do I think that um, they will the um the court will knock off the entire fine and throw this No, I don't think they're gonna do that. But as I said initially, and this tells me even more what Ginsburg wrote here, what probably is gonna happen, maybe a seven two vote, maybe nine nothing, is to say, yo, get out of here. Now if that happens I don't know if they set the fine then. I got to more fully read in this, but I think they kicked it back to $10,000 with this guy, not the Land Rover. And this was a guy involved with illegal drugs. Last time we looked, they didn't charge Trump with that. So how in the world are they awarding $354 million and the other prohibitions against him? Not going to stand up on appeal. All right. And that's important for his mental uh, picture going into this. And also, when that happens, and it will in coming months, it gives him a chance to say, see, this was just persecution. You have this attorney general in New York constantly every day charting about how much interest Trump is losing and having to pay. She's got a tracker going on there around this. So we will uh, see how this plays out, but uh, you can't do better on the left than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It was one of the smarter liberal justices, and the friendship with Antonin Scalia, another genius. Uh, you can see it. I mean, she's on the wrong side ideologically, but and a nine nothing verdict. How often does that happen? This is clearly excessive, Mark Levin made that point earlier on more than anybody when it came down. Eighth Amendment. I didn't know the specifics, though, on this case applied to the states and what the Supreme Court said. I am as certain that this is going to be knocked down tremendously as I am. The Supreme Court is going to say Trump can't be knocked off the ballot in Colorado or these other states. That's going to happen, too. They ought to do it sooner rather than later. But we'll see. All right, uh, 855-839-1210. You got the uh, side question going on. Uh, Who do we believe, Joe Biden today and his American Rescue Act, or our own eyes and the statistics of the crime wave across blue cities, across America? You know, and it's one thing that Americans are suffering this, It's another when you look them in the eye and tell them they're not. Just like I told you, this offends me as much as anything. A couple saying, yeah, we're going to have to eat out of canned goods now versus these homemade recipes we made. That shouldn't be an American. Who's responsible? This guy and his wife who wants to remain in the White House. That's who's responsible. They did it. It's continuing to be baked in. It's not going away. And all the Bob Casey's in the world. Can't spin it toward shrinkflation. Apparently, in the State of the Union, Biden's got like 10 minutes he's going to do. It. It's going to be stand-up on shrinkflation. And I think he will point to and acknowledge Bob Casey Jr., who will be... Oh, shrinkflation. Can you see if Casey's passed out when Biden acknowledges him there and there's a roar of the crowd? He just, McCormick's going to beat him. This time around, the Casey name is not going to have as much cachet against a well-funded, tough opponent in Dave McCormick. All right, let me take one more, then we'll have the uh, lightning round. Ben in Gloucester Township. This is an intriguing one. Hey, Ben, good afternoon. Hello, Tom. How are you this afternoon? Very good, Ben. Banner White. Banner White. Yeah, well, explain. Give us a little bit more. Make your point. Oh, uh, Banner White is the best side checker of anybody around. Uh, well, she doesn't. Well, she no. Must, yeah, right. She has got a great name, and I think she gets paid by the word millions of dollars. She says about five every night. So you're right. It's a silent partner. Yes. Yeah, that, is, that is a good thing. Thank you. B- Vanna White. Pretty good one. All right. <laughs> 855-839-1210. All right. We'll get more of those um, coming up. I wanted to remember to play, speaking of comedians, this is the fourth time, and I never do that on a show. Right. But um, Phil Murphy yesterday, just the arrogance and the incompetency. And it's just we're going to beat you on this, buddy. Yep. The hair doesn't look good. I admire the try. Anybody that wants to have hair, I'm all in that camp. You know, I, I get the hair thing. And I don't know that it's a wig or a rug. It's some kind of device, though, for Miss Kim. Miss Kim said, just let it grow out. What kind of device is the Zioli show said? I've, I've said mine. What kind oh. of device is it? Henry? Uh, Rich
3: is under firm belief that it's a rug. It's a rug staple to his head. He he tore it up from the carpet at a. Oh, trunk okay. Yeah, you know.
1: I know you possibly could um, put that in there, but I think it's got to be more than just stapled. Though that would be. I mean, I once saw somebody having hair moved around. You know, a, a doctor doing it, and all. Oh my God, that's. I guess that's what it is. They don't staple
3: it necessarily. That's another process. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, and it's in a a place that makes it look fluffy. Sometimes he doesn't brush it. It looks fluffier.
3: Yeah. No, he rolls out of bed sometimes before these events. Yes.
1: Here is, and then his wife's judgment running for the Senate said, I met this very handsome man when they first met, Phil Murphy. All right, then. You want her voting on nuclear proliferation. (laughs) Here is Murphy yesterday calling us out. And the audience, listen to the audience uncomfortable. They don't get the joke or they think it's inappropriate. I'm both. About whales, dead whales, he's making jokes. Somebody called and said that a dolphin just washed up recently on 16th Avenue in North Wildwood. You can verify that. I, like, I didn't
4: see it reported anywhere. Here's Murphy. I'm not getting any more complaints. There must be no whales 40 miles offshore. making sure you're paying attention out there because i am <clears throat> and once these wind turbines are complete they will generate just you, you get this now Did you all get it they will generate enough energy there's no whales 40 miles out there are tons of them 12 miles out it's unbelievable they will generate enough energy to power nearly 2 million homes
1: now we think that's Henry. uh you cut that <clears throat> too i think um, watching it I could be convinced it's off script. He thought they'd be laughing there, the continuation of it. Yeah. But the joke, I think, was set up, oh, they're going to think this is hilarious. Yeah, no. I don't think think anyone finds it hilarious, like that aspect. And these are the hardcore progressive mob that's in there. The Politico's in Jersey. Every bit as much of a mob as Philadelphia. And they're not laughing at it. In fact, I think there's a little bit, whoa, should we be hearing this about the whale? I don't know. Those people, they, they're knuckle-draggers and all. But, and apparently it's because one of these wind turbines is farther out. And he's not getting uh, people bothering him as much about the whales and all. Indicating that we're phonies on the whales. All these people, like those women in Ocean City, who lay down in the street, many of them were shop owners. And this was, oh, eight to 10 months ago, I remember, something like that, that we had on. Or our buddy Robin Schaefer, or the people I met at their banquets that uh, Roe went uh, with me in Ocean City recently. These are all hypocrites. They're just doing it. They don't care about the environment, the whales. They don't care about wrecking our vision of the Jersey Shore. No, it's just all partisan. Trump must be behind us. This guy, I hope this is shown all over the place and put into context, and it helps us sink Tammy Murphy. Well, I don't think it's going to get over the finish line. All right. It is the lightning round next. Be patient. We're coming to you. Be ready. 855-839-1210.
3: The time has come for the final test. Uh, We usually call it the lightning round.
1: All right, it is time for the uh, lightning round. Uh, just uh, amazing. I don't know the most amazing stuff today. The telling Americans eating cereal, the Phil Murphy jokes, or the, um, the Jerry Seinfeld thing with the guy telling him his audience is too white. But here's one more, and um, we may have to cut this here a little bit, uh, Jim and Henry. So I want to get to the... Oh, I better go to the lightning round. Yeah, we're way over time. I'll, I'll play it tomorrow. It, it keeps until tomorrow. Let's go to uh, Harold's in Southampton. All right, Harold. Who is that sidekick second in command?
6: Okay, so I'm going to take you in a way back machine when every six-year-old had a six-gun pistol with... Mm, kimosabe. That would be Tonto.
1: Good one. Uh, good choice. I don't know if we took that one off, sort of, though. Uh, Bruce... This is uh, Nick Kales, but you uh, didn't say it on the air. Let's go to Bruce in the Northeast. Bruce, who's yours?
5: Hey, Dom, my answer would be, that would be Sheriff Taylor's sidekick, Deputy Fife. And to quote the fearless Fife, he would say,
1: we've got to nip it in the bud. Very nice call. Yeah, Barney Fife is, uh, particularly when he takes a bullet out of his pocket, And the Earl of Tacconi, the 2023 Talker of the Year. Earl, what do you have?
7: Uh, You mentioned Disney earlier today, so I'm going to go with uh, Walt Disney's sidekick, Ub Iwerks. He's the one that uh, designed the current incarnation of um, Mickey Mouse. He's the one who uh, designed and created the iconic Disney logo or uh, signature. When you see Disney signature, that's not Disney, that's Ub Iwerks. Uh, mainly because Disney, quite honestly, was a lousy animator and uh, cartoonist. Ub did most of the work. But he didn't want to be involved in the business aspect of it. So uh, Disney, to his credit, you know, was the creative mind that came up with all the great ideas. And he got the Imagineers to go and bring all that uh, creativity to film.
1: Good stuff, as always. You packed a lot into the call. All right, Henry, give me uh, maybe three, four or five of the finalists yeah.
3: here. And we'll see if you and I and Jim agree who the winner is today. Okay, so I thought Robert and Ben Salem did a good job kicking it off when he said uh, Dr. Watson. Yes. That was a good one. Uh Joe and Exton, always great. Outside the box with Rin Tin. Tin. <laughs> uh Leslie and Brynmar, again, not really with a person here, but a sidekick. Yeah. Jelly, of course, to the peanut butter. Uh Frank and Long Beach Island, uh, with Tom Hagen. I mean, doesn't get better than that. And then uh Ben and Gloucester with Vanna White. I mean, what would Wheel of Fortune be without uh Yeah, Vanna that's White?
1: exactly right. All right, which one had the most appeal, including the call? Mm.
3: Including the call? Yeah. I, I like Leslie and Brynmar.
1: All right. Uh, jelly, it is today then. Peanut butter and jelly. Leslie, your name goes into the hat. All right. We're back tomorrow and uh, probably a lot of uh, big guests. Tomorrow is Immigration Day. Both there split screen during the show. So we're uh, hoping to take you right inside that. Until then, follow me on Twitter at DomShow1210, at Dom Show twelve ten. Thanks to Henry Pinch-Hitting for Dan today and Jim at the helm. Riccioli is next. Uh, Four big hours, and we're still awaiting uh, the results of the Biden physical that also happened today. Oh, my God. What an enormous news day. I hope to get O'Reilly on, too, just to let him spew venom toward Mitch McConnell. It's like nothing you can imagine. If I don't get him tomorrow, he'll come on on Friday. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.
0: Tom Giordano, weekdays 9 till noon on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.